Hello and welcome to another episode of Fikawa Webchat. Tonight, I'm speaking to one of Europe's foremost veterinary neurologists. A native of Spain, she moved to the UK, which I can very much understand, and is um, now probably one of the uh, leading lecturers in veterinary neurology. She worked initially at the Animal Health Trust and uh, is now an assistant professor at the Royal Veterinary College. At the recent World Small Animal Veterinary uh, Congress, she, um, her presentation on veterinary neurology was um, awarded with the best presentation of the Congress. And if you get an opportunity to watch it again, I can highly recommend it. And I found it was very well deserved. So hello and welcome to Elsa Beltran. Hello, Elsa. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for the nice introduction. And I, I, I appreciate very much as everybody can see you are still actually at work. So I yeah. hope nobody will call you, call you out. And oh, no, that's, yeah, that's fine. I told them I, I, I was uh, talking to you. So I should and I should point out, I mean, we are talking here 830 at night in the UK, 930 on the continent and so much for hardworking veterinary surgeons. So very much appreciated. Thank you. So going from Spain to the UK, let's let's talk about veterinary medicine first. Sort of how did that come about? Was that always your plan or do you, do you come from a veterinary family? No, no, I don't. I don't at all. Uh, even my, my, I had two older sisters and both of them are human doctors. And, and I, I just didn't want to deal with the human uh, part. I, and I always love animals. I don't know, I guess probably like uh, many of us uh, come to this because of the, the love we have to 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 our patients and and I just love them and then I I love the the medicine part and I love uh, probably also guide by my sisters that it was so enthusiastic about all the physiology and and I, just the fact to be able to apply that to our um, uh, our family dog and I, I just love that part and this is what probably brought me to to the medicine. Uh, uh, and and then from there to veterinary because this is why why obviously I, I loved. Yes, and they are only treating one species. Hmm? So that's it. That's it. And then sometimes the same size is because uh, they they are not specialized in 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 uh, pediatrics. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, and and it's just it was funny the discussion because sometimes we were discussing um, uh, some conditions and then they were saying no because he's I was saying dorsal and ventral and my sister no it's not dorsal is is you you say is more uh, sub yeah, like superior say no no and then we realized that one was was dealing like that and the other one was dealing like that so um yeah it's uh it's interesting it's always i i always love it i mean i'm married to to a human doctor so my wife is a pediatrician and oh yes we have these arguments from time to time but usually it's it's a funny thing with vets and doctors it's usually so that sort of if we go out and socialize and then there's somebody sort of who approaches my wife about I don't know medical matter or so and by the way I have had this and that what can you say but so she's always oh no 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 sorry not my field not my field because she's a pediatrician so in 90% of all cases it's not about children so it's sorry not my field but she said but if you want to know it my husband is a vet and they always like to put give their 50 pence of, of knowledge <laughs> that's, that's good so tell me 
So, uh, university started in Valencia. Mm -hmm. So you studied there. Lucky you. That must have With been the sun nice and the time. sea. <laughs> yes, exactly. So for me, still a, a place to visit. I love Spain. Oh, it's beautiful, and, Valencia. You should in the Pyrenees, go. and I've been in the Sierra Nevada. I've been in Granada, but Valencia is still one to tick off for me. Good so. food, also. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. I mean. I, I I should point out I'm recording this from from northern Sweden, so where the food is more blunt, and I tell you the temperatures are different. I just came home from work, and we have minus thirteen here, so crispy, oh uh, I would say. Oh yes. <laughs> so, so then Valencia, and then did you work in Spain at all, or did you then go straight over to the UK? No, no, no. I did. I did work as a general practitioner. I went to the uh, south of Spain, well, south of Valencia, in the area of Alicante, and I love it. You know, it was very. I worked two years in general practice, and uh, I found it so challenging. And uh, but then I, I just feel I wanted something different, um, and then I. I met someone uh, that that um, uh, pointed me to the to the idea of doing an internship, and obviously um, we're talking about 2003. So in Spain at that time, internships were very very limited where you could. Uh, do it and it was only at the University of Barcelona so um, for me it was like they will never get me there um, and then um, I, I met a diplomat in internal medicine and and uh, he really guided me a lot and uh, and um, I, I applied to the internship at the University of Barcelona but they didn't get me and uh, and then uh, I say, oh, you should carry on, come on, keep studying. So he made me study the Ettinger chapters and God, I was like, what the hell is this? And I was studying all of this. And and then I applied the following year and they, they got me there and I love it. I mean, in, uh, it was at that time it was one year and a half. Yeah, it was uh, a one year and a half duration. And it was a quite hard internship, but it was so nice. And then there I really start loving neurology um, and, uh, my passion started there when I did the internship and, and I did the, the rotation through through neurology and, and I got a very nice advice because they told me uh, why you don't go and visit neurology in another institution because you may like neurology because it's here, because of the environment, because of the, and it's true, sometimes you like just um, uh, the people as well and that makes you like mm. the, the 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 speciality and and that for me was a very good advice so um uh, during my internship i may um i applied for an externship at the animal health trust um and then i went to visit the animal health trust and god i love it it was like oh i don't want to live from here I, the, mm. there were so many cool cases and and um yeah the the um, the neurologists there they were just amazing i just love it and uh, and then they were they were super nice and they say okay when are you finishing your internship and i said oh i'm finishing in april and they say oh do you want to start here in may I think they saw my enthusiasm and I just yeah. wanted to be everywhere and I just wanted to learn and learn. And, and uh, it's true that sometimes you have to be uh, at the right time, uh, the right place, and that makes you too. So I think that was, um, I got lucky from that point of view because uh, they, they really gave me the opportunity to come to UK. Mm -hmm. uh, so I will be forever grateful at the Animal Health Trust. And, and yes, I arrived in UK, that was uh, 2006. And then, yeah, I never left. And we are in 2021. Yeah, yeah. 
it was it was the same with me. I mean, I came a few years before you, but uh, it, it was so that I came over with the intention to stay for a year or two, and then turn out to be nearly thirty years now. <laughs> so yeah. It's just, I mean, it's and 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 exactly sort of what you said. I mean, one thing that I really appreciated was sort of there's this certain uh, sort of teamwork collegiality which you have in the uk which uh you have in very few other places certainly i didn't find it in germany at least not at the time i mean it always i always say don't generalize it depends pretty much on the totally, team totally. but um uh, i always love working in in british teams and and then to, together with british or international colleagues in an, in a in a british environment uh, it's uh, it, they just they're, they're just good at it. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah. I, I, I mean, it. also as as you say, sort of if you if you work in an environment like that, it's just so stimulating, and sort of everybody sort of puts their bit of knowledge in, and you you all try to further and to advance your knowledge. Certainly more so at institutions like the Animal Health Trust or the the RBC, I would say than in general practice but even even there it's the same thing so you you got stuck so then first new market yeah uh, then i was there like all new market it was so different to barcelona because it's a tiny uh, villa, the pool of horses yeah. uh, the countryside so it was it was but it's such a beautiful place it's such a beautiful place and um so yeah i was there for nearly nine years and uh, and i i love teaching and i love the academy and i love having um um people around and undergraduate so that was potentially the part i miss at the Animal Health Trust, and um, and then I spoke to to Holger Volk at that time. Uh, I think it was around 2013, uh, and I said, "Oh, I really love uh, uh, teaching," and, I, and he said, "Oh, you should come to the RBC," and then that's it. I said, "Okay." It took me a lot because I my heart was at the, at the Animal Health Trust, and it, it, I really love that place. But it's true that. Um, I wanted to teach and I wanted to be yeah. in academy and I wanted to and uh, and for me at that time RBC was a great opportunity so yeah then I applied here was back in 2014 and uh, yeah I'm since yeah since 2014 I'm here mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's it's such a great institution and uh, it's uh, uh, the students are amazing and and it just they just make you better um, uh, and I have so much to say from 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 them because as i said it's it's just the challenging that they ask and and the questions and the enthusiasm and uh, they just yeah they just keep you on the track because otherwise uh, yeah so i think uh, that's what I, I what i often find sort of when i'm when i'm working together sort of with young colleagues today it's uh, okay. They they always sort of then sort of seem to sort of look up to you and oh, all your experience and things like that. And I think no, 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 no. It's sort of I'm learning likewise, partially because I have to explain. And if you have to explain, you have to think about why are you doing what. And sometimes by doing this explaining process, actually you certain things become clear to you oh, again totally. where you think yeah, yeah, oh yeah. wait a moment yes, yeah yeah that, and sometimes they ask yeah yeah and they ask you questions uh, or they say oh or you explain it in a way that you understand it and then they say oh that 
doesn't make any sense and and then you realize you have different techniques of explaining it and they when they when they i love when they say oh now it makes sense because mm. sometimes they have so many concepts in that brain when they come to the final year and and uh, there is no connection at all so we always say oh we have to create association fibers with all that amazing knowledge that you have in your brain and um yeah and it's and nice the other thing is, I mean, I find it's sort of not only veterinary education, education generally, these days, I mean, it's international, it's borderless. So, so that means sort of you students might actually come up with solutions or with information also, which are completely new to you. Yeah, but I mean, I always sort of say, okay, what, what is currently taught at vet school or what did you hear at vet school on that subject? And then they tell you stuff where I think, whoa, 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 whoa take note, take note here. There's a good reason why they learn that. And I mean, in my time, sort of when I run my own clinics, sort of I had students from, from, for example, from Barcelona, I had a couple of students, but also from Brunner, um, uh, from Czechia, sometimes from Germany, some from the UK. And I was always impressed actually by the standard of knowledge students have these ways maybe not the practical ability so that's something that comes later but the, the the basic knowledge i i often say well sorry but at that time during my course at university i would not have been as far as you guys are or when i qualified what students can do today it's uh, i think far more superior to uh, at least for uh, on a on a theoretical point of view uh, far more superior to that what we did at the time. So totally. So I think we, we are doing uh, a good job, no, in general. Yes. So yeah, I think so. I, 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 think I tell them sometimes when when uh, they explain something and say, "God, you know more than my." Obviously, I can only judge about neurology, but God, sometimes they know more than my first year when I was on my first year of residency. So it's just yeah, you feel proud on one because they and they apply that knowledge. It's not just they just got that knowledge; they apply it on clinical cases and. It, it's just so rewarding seeing that. So, but totally, I think they are such a high achievers. Uh, God, when I was on my fourth year, uh, <laughs> I was so far behind where they are now. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, it's this. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's when, you, when you are studying, you have also other interests at the same time, which I think are also very, very important. So university life is, is not only about learning, it's also yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of preparing your way through life in, in in all respects i think and I, I mean my own sons are studying at the moment and i sort of i always remind them make sure it's not only the the courses you have to think of make sure you make good friends and also have good relationships and and enjoy the time it's once in a lifetime yeah, yeah because you experience. keep them forever yeah, yeah 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 so but let's go a little bit back again neurology so if when obviously at some point sort of during your your course and neurology became the theme why why neurology was what, what pushed you or drove you in that direction i guess it was the the challenging of the cases and and uh, the logical um approach that even if they look so challenging at the time of presentation, um, when you apply a, a, a logical approach, they are, I, I wouldn't say easy, but they are like, they can be 
understood and uh, and I think that's what really attract me and um, I like also the combination of of, of neurosurgery and, and having a, a knowledge of, of neuroimaging and, and having that part that you need to to wide your knowledge and uh, and uh, and apply all of that on our clinical cases uh, having good results in, in, in some of the patients and, and, uh, and seeing them recovering for such a sometimes um, challenging uh, presentation is, I just find it rewarding. And then the more you study, the more you have your, that neuroanatomy, the, 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 the physiology, and it's just so fascinating because um, is is really all about cables, no, and and, mm. and making connections and see how mm. they go, and and still there are such a lack of of areas that we are we don't know, and 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 how our brain works, so our patients' brains work is is just fascinating. I mean, what I, what I find sort of so impressive with neurologists is, I mean, what you guys are doing it's, it's combining. Uh, technical complex sort of uh, organ or, or, or structure so it basically sort of more internal medicine with surgery so i think because i mean you you, you not only sort of diagnose neurological disorders and deal with cases like epilepsy or something like that but you also do laminectomies and things like that so i mean if i put it very bluntly you are orthopedic surgeons with a brain so yeah no because I mean, sort of, let's let's face it so a lot of orthopedic surgery is is carpentry and it's sort of being sort of a skilled sort of uh, uh, it, it, it's sort of Welch's craftsman, something like that. But neurology sort of demands so much more because it's you need to have an understanding of very complex sort of structures. And still, you need to know how to work a power drill, how to put screws in bones and things like that. So uh, that is, uh, for me, sort of, uh, ooh, this is, you have to be top on both. So that is uh, quite scary. And I'm, I have been in my time so as, as a first opinion practitioner, always so happy that I worked in an area of the world well, I could say with quite a few of my cases, sort of, no, there are people who are much better at this. And then yeah, but I think that's, that's probably the, the neurophobia that we, we sometimes talk about it. And, um, and it's important that sometimes um, cases with neurological dysfunction, they can be dealt quite well in general practice. But it's true that there is a general... Um, yeah, is that fair to to even approach them? Because sometimes, as we said, they have such a challenging presentation that it really put you like, oh, I don't want to harm, I don't want to waste any time, and and sometimes we don't even. Uh, I don't want to talk about clinical reasoning, but just just don't ap approach because using that, you may be able to make your list of differentials, and they may not need to rush into a referral center sometimes. So, mm -hmm. but um, is is I I can see because I, I remember when I was in general practice, no, when I was even doing um, uh, some uh, practice as a student, and I saw my uh, adult with a vestibular syndrome. I said, God, what? The, on earth is that uh, and uh, and then yes you see them now and it's like okay let's approach the case mm. so, yeah 
yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, the, I saw you are also a diplomat now in uh, veterinary education. How, what? Does, what did that is that involve? So, um, oh, that, I think it, it's uh, it's hard because obviously we have to do that on top of our uh, work. It's not like you stop working for that. But it's in a in a sentence we can say they teach you how to teach um, because uh, I, I don't know that we we don't we we are not born knowing how to teach and uh, this this. Uh, this uh, postgraduate uh, course is really is it's hard because it's, it's it's a lot that you have to learn but it, it just gives you um an overview on how to teach and uh, and then there are small things because sometimes we don't realize for it but it's different when you teach in a small group versus a large group and uh, in a small group uh, for instance sometimes you have a dominant student and you need to know how to handle that dominant student so just show you that there is scientific background again, uh, behind that and, and there are studies that show that there are these techniques that works and and it, it, the, the nicest part is doing it and then you go and you apply that on your on your lecture so you apply that on your small group teaching and um, and it, 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 there's so much literature on veterinary education or in education in general that that I, I would probably I would not have been aware of if I wouldn't have done this 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 postgraduate education so well yeah. I mean we, we all benefited from it uh, at, at the last uh, um, European and world uh, small animal veterinary congress I mean I, I I watched your presentation I thought well this is just I mean the graphics you had in it and the way you explained everything it was just so straightforward and I mean we were here talking complex issues and uh, and, and and then to be able to to to, to bring that over, I thought, whoo, lucky lucky students. I mean, if I would have had a lecture, I mean, we sometimes had so boring lectures on really good subjects, interesting subjects, and and just some people can they can talk about boring subjects, yet they are good narrators, and they know how to somehow it up so that that actually everybody stays tuned mm. so and i mean that was the case i mean with, 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 with your presentations they were absolutely i mean mind-blowing how is that sort of with your graphics and things like that do you have a team that that sort of does that for you or <laughs> that's a that lot of hours of me in front of the computer yeah. no i mm. but but the good thing is that that you can reuse them or change them or when you have done a few of them yeah. and, but to be honest it's a lot of work but uh yeah. I, I, for me um or, or what i have seen over the years uh, having the students is that making them to draw it making them to make it's true that that every student may have different way of learning and there are people that learn more reading than than with a graphic but uh overall uh what i can say is that that having the concept of drawing it themselves seeing it where they go this this um dynamic um uh, um view of the pathways uh it make them to understand it better. Uh, for that, obviously, they need to have the concept clear, and they need to know uh, where they need to know the anatomy, and they need to know uh, 
uh, some of the pathways, otherwise it doesn't make any sense. But what really makes them to say, oh, wow, now it makes sense is to, for me, is to have that discussion with them. And it's true that when you lecture on a, on a, on a big uh, audience, you cannot have that one-to-one -one discussion uh, and not even on Zoom, which uh, I guess is even worse. But um, yeah, but, but it's, it's find it fun fundamental two things teaching neurology one are the graphics and second are the videos because seeing is believing if i have to explain you uh yeah you have dogs uh, with paradoxical vestibular you will never believe they exist or or you have uh, uh, paroxysmal dyskinesia and these movement disorders and if you don't see you don't believe it so i think the the is 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 great that nowadays, to understand in any case that's yeah. it yeah, yeah yeah and uh it's great that everybody has kind of a device that can record uh, mm. nowadays so is uh, what that's we... that I mean that that what I, I utilize that also a lot in, in the first opinion practice that, that sort of, when it's usually so if somebody comes in say epileptic case or so obviously the dog doesn't have an epileptic seizure when they come into the practice and unless it is status epileptic was sort of and it's not coming out of it but otherwise the majority of epileptic patients come in and they're perfectly fine when you examine them and so then something like the smartphone is really good that you say, well, we can't find anything now. We've done some bloods, but if something like this happens again, record it and then send it to me and then we review that. And this is so helpful. Absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. helpful. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you realize how many potentially dogs we thought they had epileptic seizures. And then when you nowadays that the owner recorded mm. like, oh, God, this is not an epileptic seizure. So you question how many dogs, um, because obviously when I started 2006, there were no devices on your phone that you could record. So we didn't get that from the owners. Um, talking about sort of internships that you did and sort of you said sort of it was really hard at the time. How is that these days sort of getting internships at the RBC or also are you still sort of uh, sort of uh, yeah, completely sort of overrun with people who want to do internships or I mean I see that uh, the the current working market uh, uh, labor market in veterinary medicine in the UK here in Scandinavia for example in Germany uh, it's desperate there is a huge shortage of vets and I don't know you you will know that better I even heard although Spain in the past produced or seemed to have overproduced vets even there appears to be a shortage of vets I don't know it's sort of uh, but but how does it filter through to academia? Uh, are you seeing less applicants for internships or is it difficult to get into uh, interns these days? How's it's, the situation? No, no, no. The, the applications are, are are a lot here for the internship and uh, and you see many people applying two or three consecutive years. So um, the only thing that I, I think it's still, uh, at least in academia, and I can only talk about the RBC, um, uh, yeah, there are a big number of applicants and, and obviously not everybody can can get. And I would say that if, if you really want, just keep trying because um, is uh, is obviously you have to prepare yourself and you have to just continue to improve. But is uh, is probably um, it, like is more likely you will not get it on your first application than that you will get it. And that doesn't mean that you are not that you are not uh, worth it at all. Uh, you just need to 
probably obviously uh, that time there was someone better than you but um, uh, that doesn't mean that you don't deserve it so I would continue to apply and definitely because uh, as I said it's, it's, very, it's, it's more likely that you will not get it on the first time. So now looking away finally sort of a little bit from veterinary medicine um, a Spaniard in the UK, sort of, uh, and, and I mean, you are a very busy person. You are, you are, you are, you are working, you, you have your, your lecturing committee, uh, uh, commitments, and uh, on the weekends, you're often at congresses. So, so what, what, what are you doing if you're not working? Do you, do you have any sort of hobbies or what's your passion or how does your life sort of outside of veterinary medicine look like? Um. Oh, I cannot complain. I'm very happy with my life out of uh, veterinary medicine. And I just like to be underwater anywhere. Well, not anywhere in uh, um, in like warm water. So yeah, I'm a scuba diver and I, yeah, and I just, I just disappear and I go to anywhere underwater. And scuba I, diving in the UK? No, 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 here. Definitely not here. No, so, uh, uh, no I to be honest, I never, I never uh, dive here in UK. I would love because they are very nice places, but it's just mm. the, I, I don't do cold water, and I know That's there is sick. a dry suit, and I, I could do it, but it's just. Uh, but I would love to see the seals. Uh, they are, they are beautiful, uh, but no. Uh, and I, I, I'm a shark lover. I love uh, to to dive where there are sharks, and uh, yeah, I love it. Um, okay. So, yeah, this is what I do. Otherwise, I, I'm just interesting hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, and I love the manta rays. I like, I just love them, and. Uh, uh, so, although I'm just at the mountains trekking, I'm a, a, an outdoors person. So yeah, I do anything but staying in the house. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. I mean, the thing is, I mean, yeah, okay. I always was surprised, although the UK is in many places quite populated, they managed to get keep their sort of open spaces. So things yeah. like national trust um, areas, also for example, this is, is really good. Nevertheless, I mean, also with Spain, so the Pyrenees or the Picos or the Sierra Nevada, ooh, fantastic. No, no, yeah. It really, it really got me as well the fact that uh, despite the weather, there are so many outdoors activities. And when I arrive in Spain, if it rains, you just don't do anything. Like you stay in the house, like everything stops. And here it was like, oh, Elsa, you don't do things because of the rain. You will not do anything. And they just don't cancel things because it's raining. So. Uh, they just do it. A question uh, of clothes, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I think that that uh, um, made me to do things even if there if there is rain. So. So Christmas for you? Are you going to stay in the yeah, UK? Are you no, going I'm going home. Spain? I'm very lucky. Well, let's see. Let's see what happened with all this. Unfortunately, um, uh, the new variant. And but yeah. if they don't. Um, down here i will go to spain i'm very lucky that i can go so, yeah. elsa thank you so much for this fantastic no, interview um uh, if anybody would like to comment on this episode of fake vet chat or has ideas for future episodes of fake vet chat please email us on vetchat at fake .org or contact us so via our social media outlets Elsa, thank you very much. And thank you so much. Nice evening. And you too. again, thank you very much for this brilliant interview. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.